to think? What do you really want me to believe? What do you, who, how do you want me to look at you? And, uh, and, leave, and, and always leave that open that, that God can step in and say things or do something to, that, to make us think or change. Or be, be careful that you don't just lock in and say, well, this is the way I believe, this way I believe. I, I do think you have to stand on what you believe, but to be able to, to um, not defend it as much apologetically. This is one of the things I've seen over the years is I know people that can apologetically, I mean, just right down the line, this is what I believe, this is what I believe, and argue that out and debate it and everything, but it's not something that they really live. It's just something that they think. It's, it's, it's brain knowledge. I, I saw this at, um, at um, Denver Seminary quite a bit where I would come across professors that, that was obvious they didn't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Some of them are great Christians. I'm not trying to say Denver Seminary is a bad place. I'm just saying some of those professors literally did not have a relationship with Jesus. It was, it was a bunch of head knowledge. Guys with a couple doctorates, just it's all head knowledge. And, and there's not a relationship kind of thing. Even if, and if you ask them, they would say things like, well, I don't necessarily believe that the Bible is true. I, don't, I think it's, it's, you know, it's, it's good stories and, and you know, kind of gives us God's, you know, who he is. But I don't know that all the stories are true. I don't know if I'm... Well, once you start down that road, where does that stop? Which, which story is true? Which story is not true? Are you guys doing that? Or am I doing that? Or I'm not doing nothing. Um, that which, it, it, okay, if you say, here's a way to say it. If you say, I, just pick one sentence out of the Bible that's not true. Once you say there's one sentence in the Bible that's not true or factual, uh, can't there be two? If there's one, then, then when you jump all the way to Timothy where he says, um, everything in God's Word is inspired by God and profitable for these things, then that means that's not true. So that's already another sentence that's not true. See what I'm saying? So somewhere you have to come to these moments where you say, God, I trust you and I believe you, and, and, um, and, and I have made this decision. This isn't somebody else's decision that I'm embracing, but I have made this decision. Okay, and so that's... Let's go back to the story in Exodus 32. We're looking at Moses. When Moses went up to the mountain, God gave Moses the Ten Commandments. And uh, we, we've talked about the Israelites worshiping the golden calf. We've talked about Moses, some of the issues with Moses. Uh, Moses not being as angry on the mountain, coming down and being more angry. Kind of his, um, it's like he was taking this more personal than God should or something. Kind of the God complex kind of thing. And then... Uh, now let's, I want us to look at Aaron and process some things with Aaron. Now again, I've said this the last few weeks. My biggest issue with this whole story, with this whole event, everything about it, my biggest issue is the fact that God had just done all, done all these things with the Israelites. Supernatural things. God had parted the waters, the, the plagues, the pillar of fire, pillar of cloud, um, manna, quail, water from a rock, all these different things. And then Moses goes up on the mountain, and he's up there for 40 days. And in that 40 days, they completely lose sight of relationship with God, completely lose sight of God. And we keep going over the fact that, yes, they did default back to uh, their God system and everything else, but, but that's where I have the problem is why all their other gods had never done anything for them. Never proven themselves anything. 
And God does all this stuff in just literally a few weeks. He does all of this big supernatural. You can't deny it. Can't count it up to go. It's hard to count uh, a, a parting of a sea and you walking across on dry ground as coincidence. That's, well, I guess, you know, that could have happened. And, so, yeah. and, and nowadays, scientists talk about how, well, there was a shelf under the ground, under the water, and the water was really all this deep. All that stuff doesn't play out because then they also stood on the other side and watched when the waters came crashing back in, and all of Pharaoh's armies died. So, you know, if it's this deep and it's hitting their ankles, they're just standing there and they just keep going. That somehow they would die from that? Okay, so... So the Israelites are watching all this supernatural stuff, and then they get to the mountain. Moses goes up in 40 days. Even, and, and here's the thing. It's not even a full 40 days because Moses comes down after the 40 days, and they've already made the calf. Calf's already been made. And I, and I have a problem with that, and I specifically have a problem with Aaron over all of this. My biggest issue with this whole thing is Aaron. Aaron, why didn't you just say No. We're not going to do this. Well, I know peer pressure, lots of peer pressure. Okay, but isn't that what serving God is sometimes? Is saying in the middle of peer pressure, I'm going to serve God regardless of the circumstances, regardless of anybody thinks. You know, the, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. You, you can do whatever you want, but we're going to serve God. And Aaron just goes along with them. And so now, um, let's go down to... Uh, Verse um, 19. This is, this, is what we were, this is where we ended up with last week. When they came near the camp, Moses saw the calf and the dancing, and he burned with anger. He threw the stone tablets to the ground, smashing that at the foot of the mountain. That, man, that just gets me. Moses, you didn't make, those weren't your commandments. Those were God's commandments. He wrote those in the stone, and you're so mad at the people that, that and, and I think it was Barry last week was talking about the God complex. He was so mad at the people, and he also had elevated him to a point where throwing those, those stones down in front of them and breaking what God had made seemed okay in his head at that moment. I know his anger was, was flaring and everything, but he, he felt like, I'm big enough to do this. I'm, it's me and God against you guys, and it's not. It's God and everyone else. And Moses is part of the everyone else, even if he's serving him. Now, finally he turned to Aaron and demanded, What did these people do to you to make you bring such terrible sin upon them? Don't get so upset, my lord, Aaron replied. You yourself know how evil these people are. So what's Aaron doing already? He's already deferring it, and it's, it's you and me, Moses. You know how they are. You, you ever met somebody like that? You can't be in a workplace long at all before you meet that person, right? Whoever they're with is whose team they're on, right? And uh, all of a sudden, you I mean, Aaron's the one who, he was the, he was the uh, leader of all of this stuff. And yeah, maybe they came to him. I, he's not like lying to Moses. They did come to him, but why didn't he just say no? I really believe, and, and we'll never know this, but I really believe if Aaron would have just said no, the Lord our God did this. God did this. God did this. We are not going to turn away from him now. They would have all said, you're right, Aaron. These were a spineless group of people, right? Don't get so upset, my Lord, my buddy, my pal. 
You yourself know how evil these people are. They said to me, make us gods who will lead us. We don't know what happened to this fellow Moses who brought us here from the land of Egypt. So I told them, whoever has gold jewelry, take it off. When they brought it to me, I simply threw it into the fire and out came this calf. Yeah, he's a liar. Out came this calf. Now, let's process this a little bit because I think this is a, I think this is a major place for us to um, hover. So, so Moses, first Aaron tries to side with Moses against those people. Like he wasn't one of those people dancing around the calf or whatever. I mean, he made the calf. And then he comes up with this thing. I threw the gold in the fire and out came the calf, which means what? Let's, let's translate that a little bit. What is he basically saying here? It's not my fault. So if it's not Aaron's fault, according to the way he says it here, whose fault is it? What? It's, it's either God big G or God little g. This is a supernatural thing he's describing here, which is not what happened. But he's trying to put it in the arena of supernatural. Do you understand what he's saying? He's either saying God did it, which means we should be worshiping this, or, which, which, really, which really just doesn't make sense. God wants you, wants you to worship him. Not, he's not going to give you an idol. Although, I've been, I've been studying a lot lately um, of, the, um, of the, uh, the first, first few generations of the church. And one of the biggest things, in fact, this really is what caused the final rift between what we call the West and the East um, in about 700 A.D. The West was Rome... Italy, the Pope, the kingdoms going up into, for doing it your way, Rome, Italy, going up into England. Um, the east over here was what was now Turkey, Istanbul, which at that time was uh, Constantinople, and, and there was a Pope there. They had a Pope. Constantinople had a Pope. Rome had a Pope. Well, that's interesting because according to the theology of the Catholic Church and at that time and even now, the, the Pope is what? God, not totally God, God's man on earth, God's representative on earth, the final voice of all things on earth, spiritually, godness, and theologically. And you got two of them and they don't agree. There was problems. The final rift that separated those two was the Turkey, Istanbul, uh, which is which eventually became Eastern Orthodox. Okay, they're 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 both basically still Catholic. They both basically have the same basic ideas theologically, but their performance of this is very different. But this is this was the big thing that ripped them up. Was the West over uh, the East over here? said to the West, I'm trying to do this backwards, I'm not working in my head, said to Rome over here, we believe that if you make a painting, a statue 
um, anything, what we would call an icon, you can make anything, and it has the full power, deserves the full reverence of God himself. So you can pray to a picture of Jesus because that picture of Jesus has the same power that Jesus himself had. That's what the West believed. They were called, they were called iconodules. Well, then you had the West and the Pope and Rome and saying, no, that's not right. That's basically an idol, which I believe too. I, I'm with Rome on this. And they were, they were called the, anybody know? <laughs> yes. Yes, that's what they were called. But there's a term for it. Uh, iconoclasts. They were the iconoclasts, and they believed that the iconoduls were, were evil, were, serve, were worshiping idols, to the point where they would kill them for it. Now, I believe, but not to the point where let's kill them for it, okay? Uh, because there's a lot of people serving idols that were pagan idols that they didn't kill, but they killed the church people. So, so this was the separation here. This is the same thing that Aaron is doing, as he is saying that, that this calf... It came out of the fire. We threw the gold in, and it came out of the fire, which means that it is holy. Because it, humans didn't create it. We just put the gold in there. It was supernaturally created. Now, whether or not he was going all as far as to say God with a big G was the one who created it, he was at least saying, at, at, the, at, the, at the minimum, he was at least saying God's with a little G created this account because it was supernatural. I don't know what that means. It's a supernatural thing. This was... This was not of human hands. So, so now, what, what is he hoping will happen? We could have a few different options here, but what is he hoping will happen? Okay, Moses will say, well, I can't argue with that. Right? This is, this is kind of a, a big one for me as a pastor, and you'll, You'll recognize if, if and, I'm, and I'm saying there is a good chance that I have erred here over the years, okay? But if I'm going to, to err as a pastor, I am going to err on the side of I am not going to use what I call the God trump card. In other words, you will, you will very rarely ever hear me, maybe a couple of times in the five years that I've been here, that I will stand up here and say, I know that God said this to me and that we are going to do this or whatever. This, God said this to me. I don't, I don't use that trump card because first, I, I don't want to take that chance. I don't like to put words in God's mouth. This is because I was feeling really strong about it. Now, I've had some people accuse me, well, that's because you're apparently not listening to God as much as you should. I'm not saying God's not leading me on a regular basis and that I'm not going that direction and trying to take our church that direction, but I'm very rarely going to verbalize it, uh, bookends, this is what God said. And by the way, we just have this, uh, th this carries on into our leadership and into our board meetings. This is something that's big for our board, for me, uh, the other five board members, is as a board, we won't do that to each other either. Because it's not fair. Because how are you going to argue with that? You, you, you got six board members and maybe three are of one opinion and three are of the other opinion. Or 
they're all six of a different opinion, and somebody throws the Trump card down, not the Donald Trump card, the, the other little T Trump card. And that Trump card is God said, God told me. Because you can't argue with that. What do you say? Well, I don't. Your only option is, no, I don't think God speaks to you. That's really your only option. Or, okay, we'll do it. And that's not, that's not legitimate. That's not fair. But that's what Aaron is doing here. Is, is Aaron is saying, this is a supernatural calf. Be careful, Moses. I know you're mad at us. But be careful, because this is a supernatural calf. We're, we're, go ahead, Tom. That's a, that's a good point that we can unpack for a little bit because I think this is a, a very important, very important thing in the church world and in, and in our own personal walk with the Lord, but very important in the church world. So what do you think, Tom? How good you are. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I said this uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, over the years, th this is my, I don't remember, 27th year in ministry. I I'm a, I'm a, I'm a uh, hard line, hard nose about certain things. And I'm not saying uh, this direction. I'm saying this direction. Uh, I think as a minister, as a pastor, you have, um, you have big responsibility and big... Uh, when God gives you a, a responsibility and authority, I believe that you should be accountable to that. And, and to the point where the, the more accountability, the more responsibility it gives you, I think you're more accountable to it. I really, in my brain, okay, and, and, and often in my heart, but I don't believe that when a, a minister has a moral failure that that minister should be allowed to be a ministry again. I, I don't believe that. I think they, they um, abused the responsibility given them. And, and I, my brain does this too, but this is just an extenuation of the legalism. This is a very legalistic stance, okay? I'm going to explain that term in a second. Um, I believe the more people that you are given responsibility and accountability for, the more you should be held accountable to this and that you should not... Um, 